Hello friends, I am Dr. Saurabh Aroda and today is the first Instagram live I am holding and I have chosen the topic lifestyle disorders and uh, challenges being a homeopath. Now this topic is uh, one of my uh, favorite topic because uh, I started learning about this topic when I was an intern maybe a couple of years back, maybe 15 years back. So this topic is basically close to my heart because this is the topic I started observing as becoming a budding homepath and as a doctor. So in today's, uh, I won't say it a lecture, let's be a discussion because you can ask question anytime. And uh, since it's an Instagram live, it's not that formal, you know, way of presentation. So we can discuss and we can, you know, you can be you can request to be in the featured video so that we can discuss the questions and challenges being a homepath. Now this topic is very vast topic. Uh, we can talk for hours together. We can talk of, you know, we can have many books published. We can have many journals published on our name and still this topic won't cover. But what we would be learning in this uh, few minutes or few hours of talk that what is the overview? what is the understanding i am hope you all are practicing homepaths and you are dealing such patients in your day to day practice but there is some more understanding we need to acquire maybe with someone others experience someone others information and knowledge this is how we gather things so we would be having one understanding from a clinical and from a homeopath point of view and what are, what is the aim of therapeutics now in this discussion I won't tell you the five best remedies of diabetes or the 10 best remedies of hypertension or you know the repetition but we would be discussing that whatever therapeutics we are aiming or practicing are they enough and what is the need of research now research is a bit dry subject for many of us because we think why do you know get into research what is the use of research why do you know waste extra time in research when we are doing a clinical practice alone but let me tell you that is also important to safeguard us we'll come to that part later and then we can have some information about the recent researches or the research topic we can undertake as a homepath and let me tell you yes we can undertake this is not very difficult this is not very out of this world being a homepath being a practicing clinical homepath I can undertake few research design which are easy to take and then how to interlink the methodology what should be our aim so first what exactly a lifestyle is maybe it's it's a way a person lives it's a manner of living for example we are living in Delhi and we are living in India we are maybe living in any part of the world we have certain lifestyle certain environmental factors certain dietary following so we all have one manner of living now when this is altered we call it a lifestyle disorder and nowadays uh, to my surprise everything is being connected to lifestyle means that they are connecting each and every disease to lifestyle disorder be it diabetes hypertension cancer anorexia nervosa depression insomnia cardiovascular accidents you call any disease and the people are now linking that to lifestyle disorder because they know that it is the 
basic it is the base code error which is creating this disease so even even in cancer they are now saying because it is uh, aggravating because of the bad lifestyle now what is bad lifestyle will come to that part later but yes with the rapid economic development and westernization the incidence and prevalence is on rise alarmingly and it is there you you can yourself see that uh, the number of patient they are increasing year by year this year we have majority of the patients with gastritis insomnia depression and joint pains especially post covid so now they are telling because of the uh, too much of medication because of lack of exercise because of lack of the uh, dietary intake because of lack of nutrition you develop these joint pains or depression or insomnia or loneliness or anxiety so again now this aspect is also connected to the lifestyle the more better lifestyle you have the less of the complications in covid you are expected to have but is it so is it really true now let's find out now what is the cause of this lifestyle disorder the bookish knowledge says that it is an inappropriate relationship of people with the environment agreed but it is the partial agreement we have been told that many of the things tobacco misuse unhealthy diet physical inactivity harmful alcohol abuse these are all risk factors for a bad lifestyle but this inappropriate relationship has one catch point this catch point is basically depends on the patient's constitution now let us try to give this a homeopathic touch okay it's an inappropriate relationship for example someone started having non vegetarian food then he started developing few symptoms of gastritis so that was his lifestyle was changed he shifted to another city he started having non vegetarian food he started smoking and he started having complaint but what about people those who are taking these things since long and they do not develop a disease and you would agree with me that this happens many a times we have uh, we encounter patients that they say that we are into habit of smoking since 30 year 40 year down the line the patient is coming to you in 50s and 60s and still they don't have any problem or the patient is in habit of taking the uh, so called rich food since long he eats outside he doesn't have any problem the labor class they eat they can eat anything and because of that eating they don't have any gastritis problem so basically this inappropriate relationship also has one basic fundamental dynamic derangement now uh, in addition a fun fact there was a survey by asocam uh, a couple of years back and they said that uh, 68% of the women their uh, targeted uh, survey women of age 21 to 52 they had obesity depression chronic backache diabetes and hypertension now this working environment was also a part of the lifestyle so they had this derangement of their health because of the lifestyle disorders so you know this lifestyle disorders now is answer to each and everything whatever your patient is suffering from you said it is because of your altered lifestyle it is because of your bad lifestyle it is because of your lifestyle which you were not following earlier so basically it's an excuse it's an answer to each and everything but is it so 
now there was a study uh, in 2013 somewhere they quoted that by 2023 india the lifestyle disorder would cause india 6 trillion of money now it is there especially after post covid the things are not not the same anymore now again coming to the point is it the lifestyle alone or it is something else that is the question of this hour that it is only the lifestyle change or something else or it is something versus genetic versus environment versus interaction versus tendencies versus constitution versus myism all these things we hear and we come across but we try to get the most satisfying answer being a patient okay it is because of the environment we are not at fault we are doing each and everything right but it is because of the environment it is because of the uh, bad lifestyle we are at trouble right so for them it is only the environment for doctors like us when we ask patient we know that it is because of genetics also because your father your forefather your family members they had diabetes they had hypertension they had cardiovascular accidents so you also have a tendency to go into that for homeopath we have the predispositions we have the tendencies we have the constitution and the philosophers we have the myisms also so what exactly it is this it is basically a complex complex which we need to understand from both the point of view to enable the patient to understand the disease and to enable the doctor to understand the patient as a whole for example if the patient comes to you uh, so i have hypertension i have stopped consuming excess of salt so is it the cure for that person maybe it's a transient phase that the patient would be having bit of low blood pressure but would it be the answer to his problem of hypertension as a disease that salt may be a maintaining factor we as homeopath we know that it is because of the maintaining cause it is because of the uh, that phase that this disease is being aggravated so the patient is right on his part that i have stopped eating the pickles i have stopped eating the achar i have stopped consuming the excess of salt my bp is bit controlled now now that control is not the cure that control is not the understanding of the disease itself because it's a complex phenomena it's it's a lifestyle it's a genetic it's an environment so everyone when comes together we fall in that category in that subset ki environment is also affecting us we are genetically predisposed and we have that bad lifestyle so everything contributes to that we can take care of the lifestyle on our own on you know reading youtube on on watching uh, youtube videos and reading on google that avoid this avoid fatty food avoid this 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 don't smoke this 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 is anything but is that is the solution to understand for long term i doubt because in past 15 years of my practice i have seen patient they demand that okay fine they can follow that but for longer run for prognosis we need to understand that situation ki why it is happening again and again a patient had diabetes his blood sugar is controlled so is that control only the cure for that patient 
is that control only the understanding of that lifestyle phenomena okay one once the blood sugar is in control patient is reluctant the patient says okay fine doctor i don't have any problem because my diabetes is under control my sugar is under control this is the cure for my diabetes so now we would be understanding that from the treatment point of view that what exactly we need to understand from that aspect so basically it's it's a complex phenomena it is how our mind and body are reacting to to that environment mind and body it is not only the mind it is not only the body it is not only the environment i can give you tens of examples people are working in very harsh environment and they are healthy and on the other hand if we uh, take a bit of uh, you know uh, sour curd our throat is sensitive so what is that many times we see people okay fine they 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 eat golgappas from outside they do they, they do this they do that and they are happy and whenever we go we eat some pickle at some party and our throat next day is sore throat so it is how our mind and body both are reacting to that environment in presence of that biasm in presence of that tendency that is important now clinic from clinical point of view uh, many a patients many a time patients our colleagues friends and everyone else they think that correction is the only way of averting reverting or avoiding a disease and let me tell you this is a partial way of seeing a picture why i'll come to that part from a reference work of, from organon okay, why why this happens why why people are happy being following the corrections in food and lifestyle and thinking that the averting reverting or avoidable disease is the only phenomenon now if the modifications are still sufficient i agree modifications are sufficient if they would have been so sufficient why the incidence and prevalence is on rise now all of you are uh, should be practicing homeopaths or maybe uh, visiting your uh, practicing clinicians you can see every year the incidence is on rise the prevalence is is on rise if the youtube was answer to each and every disease why still patients are suffering why they are consulting dietitians doctors homeopaths naturopaths and everyone is struggling to treat that simple obesity only there may be tens of formulas but no formula is 100% workable people spend thousands of you know uh, bucks on the anti obesity formulas they bring them with them big bottles doctor i went to that uh, consultant and he asked me to take these 10000 or 15000 worth of medicine i lost weight 5 kg in a month now i'm again the same so is that the only way of averting reverting or avoiding the diseases if the self modification is sufficient why the incidence on rise and why does patient still report ill health despite taking all precautions maybe after 3 months 6 months one year down the line they come back to you and say doctor i was all fine i was following this diet but now my blood sugar levels they again rose my 
depression again went into a problem again i have insomnia i tried each and everything i tried having uh, sleep studies i tried having uh, sleep workshops uh, with the all the uh, aromatherapies and all but again i am having this problem so this is the part of understanding as a clinician as a counselor also because when the patient comes to you he will always ask doctor why i am having this problem so until unless we ourselves are not clear why this is happening how can we convince that patient why it is happening first and for how long it will happen what would be the prognosis of that see i always uh, tell my students that the first prescription is very easy the patient comes to you you took the case and uh, one symptom two symptom three symptoms and you prescribe now this prescription is very easy why because you know that you are going to give this remedy maybe you have heard of it <clears throat> you have previously used it or it is indicated what next what you should commit to, commit to a patient what is the line of treatment you would be making for that patient over the duration of treatment what potencies you would use fine what management you are going to use what commitment you are going to do with the patient okay fine i can cure you of your diabetes or your hypertension is 100% recoverable or i can remove the blockage from your heart if that is not there your treatment is partial so you should be very clear to what extent you can treat the patient see it is it is very easy to learn about the therapeutics to have five good remedies for hair fall 10 good remedies for hypertension 15 good remedies for heart 20 good remedies for this and that but out of those 20 out of those 10 out of those five in what manner you are going to use that is a thing to be learned now here comes the role of genetics and from a homeopath's perspective a constitution so this is one part of counseling to the patient that yes your genetics or your constitution is such that you should have <clears throat> these do's and these don'ts for rest of your life if your family history says that you are prone for dyslipidemia then you should avoid these things forever or even if you are not avoiding you should do like this for example workout i don't know any specific remedy for triglyceride does anyone know you can write in the comment box i doubt there is any specific remedy for triglycerides there may be remedies for ldl literature says there may be remedies for hdl there may be remedies for serum cholesterol but do you know any specific remedies for triglycerides and majority of today's scenario the patient comes to you with a triglycerides high just correct me if i am wrong and i would love to have your comments in between also because that that would keep this discussion live we will have the separate discussion but comments would be more appropriate whenever you want to give them so that's basically the role of genetics or the role of constitution so this constitution we know from theoretical point of view that it is the disposition it is the tendencies it is it is the predisposition the activation of latent sora myism psychosis all such things natural it is the most appropriate and the most relevant myism presenting in that point in time forget about patient is syphilitic psychotic or soric 
if the patient is presenting you to you at this point in time with the symptoms that are soric he is soric if the patient is presenting to you with the subclinical signs for example many a times thyroid patients they come routine diagnosis okay they got it they got their uh, full body checkup done and the tsh came altered what to do now for how long you should tell the patient that this would be over to this side or that side see cure is one okay fine you have cured the patient but what about the prognosis can you cure 100% of the thyroid patient comes to you i can't so constitution the tendencies this comes when we have a good case taking this is the only reason why we have been taught that a good case taken is half is winning half the battle because we know the tendency the constitution we can predict we can see that what is the prognosis of your case now relating this to our today's talk because lifestyle disorder starts with the alteration in the mind and body axis why people start started having cravings why people started starts having you know cravings for fatty foods and overeating and seasoned food why because of these craving because of this alteration life which start here i i want to eat this i i want to eat that i want to overeat that i want to drink daily whether my liver allows or not i want to smoke daily so this is basically the psychosomatic axis which is actually the start point of the lifestyle disorders this psychosomatic axis it comes here okay i don't want to uh, wake up early in the morning and do exercise what is this your mind is asking you to do you so lethargic oh, i don't want to do i am so lethargic to think my body is not with me before the body <clears throat> it is your mind that is not with you so the homeopathy helps in the behavioral modification at that point in time <clears throat> because we know that homeopathy acts on that dynamic plane homeopathy acts on that plane which has the behavioral modification standards so if we are working on that dimensions and planes we can help that modification to be adopted by the patient so it is basically similar at that point in time it is because of this modification at the psychosomatic axis you can handle the cravings addictions and aversions this is the only reason why homeopathy is being told to us as science of therapeutics at a dynamic level why why we study <coughs> cravings why we study addictions the patient is fond of sweet the patient is have craving of sweets what is that craving it's a state it's a mental state with which the patient is suffering or presenting and we are working on the same plane same dynamism same dimension so that extra craving so basically that is the uh, soil from where the lifestyle disorders will pop out so we are working on the same plane 
and if we are working on the same plane it means that the homeopathy rectifies the miasmatic stigma now you can relate the philosophical terms given 200 years back they still have a relevance today <clears throat> because we are working on that plane nowadays now we are we know that it is the behavioral modification first which will yield our desired result <clears throat> and when this is integrated with the management now homeopathy is not a magical science yes it's a behavioral modification it go, it is going to rectify the miasmatic stigma it is working on the psychosomatic plane but when it is combined with the management it is the preferred choice of treatment when it comes to lifestyle disorders you may be uh, having many of the patient those who tell doctor i feel good when i take homeopathy for my lifestyle disorders i don't want to take allopathy because that has side effects now we'll come to that point part later when and how to refer a patient because see everything you cannot treat being a clinician sitting at your clinic so you need to categorize according to the knowledge of disease you are having so if you don't have knowledge of disease it is just like that you are a book doctor and following a knowledge from book only so that knowledge of disease will tell you to what extent the patient can be dealt by you at your own clinic now majority of the time for majority of the doctors i know and for majority of the patient therapeutics is the only concern it is the only matter of homeopathy how that for them only the five medicines are for diabetes only the 10 medicines are there for diabetes it means they are not concerned with the management they are not concerned with the treat uh, treatment plan the prognosis it is only the name of the medicine which is equal to a disease dr manchu i'll i'll quote your uh, very good uh, you have uh, like contributed well i'll come to this part later so for them only the treatment part is the most important part of dealing a patient that yes give medicine and that the patient would be cured forget about prognosis line of treatment investigations forget and for majority of the time for patients they only want to search google or youtube or any other social media for the best remedy for diabetes or the best remedies for hypertension or the best remedy for dyslipidemia now this best remedy has no definition the best remedy is one that suits you the best remedy is one that makes you better the best remedy is that benefits you so this focused therapeutic has no value being a clinician and let me remind you for the budding homeopaths especially when you counsel a patient when you give a right guidance to the patient that is also considered a very good on your part being a doctor first it is not that you can cure or treat everything sometime a good guidance is what patient is required so at this point in time homeopathy can be used as add on or adjunct therapy it can be opted as a preventive and it can be opted as a curative therapy also
so from focus therapeutics the only therapeutic part which patients or which we as a doctor uh, suggest to the patient we can adopt these dimensions in our practice that yes we can give it as an add on a patient of 80 years of age comes to you that i am i take my hypertension medicine i take my uh, dyslipidemia medicine i take my thyroid medication and i have this problem no would you ask that patient to stop the medicine she is taking and tell okay fine no need to take any allopathic medicines i will cure you with the homeopathy no it is not logical it is not feasible it is not at all workable at that point in time it is the add on and the adjunct therapy you should be giving to that patient let him take whatever he takes all the essential medication why not to add homeopathy to improve his or her immunity and the outcome from that disease why not to improve the quality of life preventive you know that in a setting uh, the patient is having the patient is prone for such kind of diseases why not to have a preventive medicine for that why not to have a constitutional medicine for that why not to have one medicine which will take care of the tendencies along with the management yes ask the patient not to smoke not to go for unhealthy diet not to go for this or that or the lifestyle disorders definition we discussed few minutes back curative yes in many instances and cases this therapy can be curative also if the disease is in the initial stage it is curative also so focus therapeutic the most common the most easiest okay fine i am going to give you two remedies the best remedies for diabetes patient is happy you are happy but for how long for one week for one month for one year for how long you would be giving one x remedy to that patient i still remember one of the patient came to me that i have renal stone i have gallstone and i saw on youtube that these three remedies i can take and that patient was taking for past one year down the line i said did it cure your gallstones no then why are you taking it why are you taking these crude tinctures all along for those those durations when they are not working at all have you got one ultrasound done every 3 months to assess no because that was the focus therapeutic keep on taking because it's a, it's just like a food to you no it's not a food to you it's a medicine it has its own actions and reactions so that focus therapeutic come from that cocoon from focus therapeutics to add on adjunct preventive and curative broaden your sphere of dealing patients this is what it would be required in future that we will on not only be discussing that today i'm going to give you five indications of five remedies in your practice yes that is that is the most easiest part because nobody is going to try all the five and come with the answer that that they work or not for me it works for you it it may not work so from that focus therapeutics to add on adjunct and preventive and curative so the more broader sphere you have more patients you can deal logically and for longer duration of time now this uh, i tell everyone that there are certain roles of homeopathy it is to cure whenever possible right whenever possible cure it but this possibility is what this possibility will only come when you have the knowledge of disease you are dealing with if i don't know the natural history of diabetes i am nowhere
I'm just practicing that focus therapeutics and nothing else. I don't know what will happen to the patient after six months or one year or two year down the line. I will not have that prognostic model with me. I will have just another homepath in the area. Okay, fine, go to a doctor. He will give you two, three remedies and that's it. So to cure whenever it is possible. To relieve whenever necessary. The patient comes to you with the problems that needs immediate attention. Whenever it is necessary, relieve that. Maybe you use tinctures, biochemics, doesn't matter. Relief should be there, but with the logic and evidence. To manage wherever warranted. Now this management, wherever it is warranted. The patient is coming, you need to tell patient that you need to avoid this, avoid that, because it's a part of your lifestyle. Palliate whenever it is required. The old age patient, the patient with the terminal illnesses, the patient with many comorbid factors, you need to palliate whenever there is required. Now I have one uh, comment, uh, but homeopathy has no side effect, then it will react to take any remedy for long duration. See, homeopathy has no side effect, but when it is homeopathy, when it is the dilution taken on the name of homeopathy, they do have that those effects. Because it's basically the targeted dynamism you're giving to a organism. It's a stimulus, especially in the tincture form when they have the physiological action. If the person is taking barbaris just because it's a homeopathic remedy, not taking is at a part of homeopathy, but it is only that it has a label homeopathy that I'm going to take it for two year, three year, five year down the line, it will have side effects because that is not homeopathy. That is just the palliation of the symptom you wish to do it with high diluted medicines. What is homeopathy? That you have decided that this remedy is indicated to your patient and your patient is taking according to your line of treatment or the plan of treatment. That is, I will give 30 for twice a day for these many months. I will give 200 once a week for these many weeks. I will give 1M once a month. But if the patient takes that just to palliate or just to suppress the symptom on the name of homeopathy by its own, it is going to have side effects. Okay. And in the continuation of our uh, range of homeopathy to cure, to relieve, to manage, to palliate, it is to deal a patient as an individual always. Always understand that individual and give the individualized homeopathy or the targeted medicine to that patient or the targeted mode of treatment to that patient. The patient may not be requiring any medicine at a particular point in time. Let me tell you, if you are giving a constitutional remedy and you want to wait for a certain point in time, that patient may not be needing any remedy in that period. So what you're going to do in that period? Okay, fine, placebo is one thing, but management. Avoid the things which make you sick, right? Now, I would be reading few lines from the uh, aphorism that the conventional uh, way of uh, discussing things, but I think those are worth after even after 200 years of discovery of homeopathy. Now, I'll first read aphorism number five, right? Not the whole aphorism, I'm not going to, you know, have a book club today. Maybe we can have it later. 
But while dealing the acute and chronic disease, the Hanuman says in these investigations, the ascertainable physical constitution of the patient, especially when the disease is chronic, his moral and intellectual character. Now, this is not this is what it has been written, but this is what we are realizing today. Just realize it with the post-COVID scenario, because since the COVID has, is just we are all going through COVID phase. Majority of the gastritis, depression, insomnias, allergies, joint pains are reporting to you nowadays. So, the ascertainable physical constitution. Now, the physical constitution will tell you that the patient is having what kind of lifestyle, his occupation, mode of living and habits, his social and domestic relations, his age, sexual function, etc., are to be taken into consideration. Now, aphorism 5 clearly says that the lifestyle is to be studied when a patient comes to you, especially when he is a chronic patient, he is a chronic deceased patient. Now, today we are, go we are having one separate branch of lifestyle disorders in modern medicine. We as a homepath are discussing the lifestyle disorders, their outcome, their mode of action, their associated factors. But what Han Hanuman has written 200 years back? that his physical constitution, his occupation, mode of living will tell you a patient goes to office and he always comes angry at home having insomnia. The office is a problem. He is not adjusting to that office, that scenario. Right? So that is something we need to learn. This is how we present ourselves as a better home path than others. Then the second uh, aphorism 11, I will read one line. When a person falls ill, it is only his spiritual, only this spiritual self-acting vital force everywhere present in his organism that is primarily deranged by the dynamic influence upon it of a morbific agent inimical to life. Now, in organon, the beauty of organon is that in organon, it is not only the physical things which derange a body it is the noxious influences also now what is an influence it can be dynamic influence also it can be thought process it can be your lethargy it can be your altered lifestyle it can be that psychosomatic initiation of the disease we are discussing today so it all start from that dynamic level so when it is all starting from that level why not to deal it at that level with the management and accessory adoption of the circumstances now i'll quote few more lines because uh, there was a like i put a question on uh, this uh, when i was uh, promoting this instagram live that whether the lifestyle disorder should be treated or not so i got uh, various responses that they should be treated they should not be treated and um, whether they should be treated or not so can anyone tell me whether we should treat the lifestyle disorders therapeutically. I'll be taking the request to be in the live video just just after finishing this small talk. It has few more aspects to be studied. Okay, fine. I got one answer. Yes, it depends on each case, yet to some extent. Good. 
because one uh, one one portion of uh, you know uh, population says if it is only lifestyle correct the lifestyle but we have seen that it is not only the correction of lifestyle it is the inherent miasmatic derangement there right depends on case yes good so let's let me read a few lines from 77 and 78 those disease are inappropriately called named chronic which person incur who expose themselves continuously to avoidable noxious influences who are in the habit of indulging in injurious liquors or ailments clearly when it is not an true chronic disease for example a patient takes alcohol and falls ill he took once and he fall, fell ill the moment you withdraw that alcohol or uh, do ask himself not to expose to that situation again he is all fine right are addicted to dissipation of many kinds which undermine the health who undergo prolonged abstinence from things that are necessary for the support of life who reside in unhealthy localities now again this lifestyle diseases are there in the organon of medicine especially marshy districts who are housed in cellars or other confined dwellings who are deprived of exercise or of open air who ruin their health by over exertion of body and mind who live in a constant state of worry these states of ill health which person bring upon themselves disappear spontaneously provided no chronic miasm lurks in the body under an improved mode of living and they cannot be called chronic diseases now convert this into the today scenario post covid scenario we had all sorts of influences during covid right so during covid we all had this that 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 now when we came out with when we had good food good lifestyle majority of the things they are bound to resolve on their own because that was a part of the epidemic disease but the the separate things we encountered the anxieties the worries once we are okay with that we have come out of that but if it is because of the inherent miasm because it if it is because of the inherent tendency we are more anxious we are more worried then we need treatment then it would be converted into a chronic disease so 78 says the natural chronic diseases are those that arise from a chronic miasm which when left to themselves and unchecked by the employment of those remedies that are specific for them always go on increasing and growing worse so when you ask your patient to have lifestyle modification and the patient is still not improving it means he needs treatment i was watching uh, uh, one of the videos few days back and the doctor said that uh, the patient does not need any treatment no the patient needs treatment the patient needs treatment when these things are not resolved on their own he needs treatment because it's basically the psychosomatic axis it is basically the inherent tendencies you are dealing with symptoms you are dealing that's okay everyone deals symptom the focused therapeutic part we taught with we uh, discussed anyone can do that but what is beyond that why should you be a better homeopath than others because you understand that disease you understand that that focus therapeutic has is one aspect of the line of treatment your patient needs you understand that it is not only the transient phase like in aphorism 77 it is basically 78 
the chronic miasm is set in in the background that is why it is not allowing the disease to go on its own right <clears throat> One more aphorism uh, says a good point. While inquiring into the state of chronic disease, the particular circumstances of the patient with regard to its ordinary occupation, his usual mode of living and diet, his domestic situation, so forth, must be well considered and scrutinized. Ask the patient. Ask the patient what exactly he is doing at home, what he is doing at office. If he is continuously smoking after the office hours can you expect that patient to uh, respond well to your well selected homeopathic remedies when he is having that maintaining cause with him right so this is all basically a complex this complex says that the lifestyle disorders are basically the psychosomatic derangements and we should deal with them accordingly and the treatment is dependent on from patient to patient right now because we are homepaths, we are targeted that we don't have any research. How can you say that you can deal lifestyle disorders? And let me tell you, there are a couple of studies, there are a couple of researches done, not much, but yes, couple of researches done in this area also. Uh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll be taking two questions. A lot of emerging data suggests that the more and more people are getting resistant to antibiotics maybe lifestyle connect how do you see this phenomena when you choose the potency dose for these patient fine i'll come to this question first uh, by dr himanshu see potency selection what is potency exactly for a normal pu uh, public it is basically the strength the concentration uh, it is basically the power with which it should uh, go and affect the organism for homepath it is the depth for homeopath it is the depth to which it will affect a patient for example if the patient had too much of antibiotics and he is not responding to the other treatment because of the resistance because of the lower immunity to me the lower potency would be the app because that antibiotic resistance is has created a deviation in that dimension where the immunity is not able to present itself it's basically suppressed now to remove that block I would be using the low potency in first go so that when that dimension is cleared that that reaction starts starts in the patient because what is potency it is basically the dynamized um, stimulus okay so when you give a stimulus when you give a remitted repeated stimulus the organism start reacting it's the action and reaction if you go by the normal uh, uh, physics also or go by the organon both both the same it is basically the action and reaction but because that antibiotic resistance has blocked the road fine so low potency in repeated form will clear off that road and once that is cleared you can step up the potency go later 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 and to the depth and you can keep on increasing the potency but what happens if you give straight away high potency in one go it not may not be acting because the deeper dynamic planes are not in good communication with the physical plane that is that is what resistance is 
resistance is creating a barrier between the dynamic function and the physical functions for example after antibiotic majority of us would have gastritis as one of the common this so to deal that gastritis the remedy should also be targeted when the remedy is targeted the potency low will should start so i hope i was clear in this answer yes uh see why antibiotic resistance you can uh, yourself seen that in majority of the case the resistance do not come that easily if their inherent tendency or the constitution is robust for example small kids antibiotic is not working that is i totally agree they keep on taking antibiotic every 15 days every one month every two months they keep on visiting pediatricians but the antibiotic is not working agreed but they are not even having a state of antibiotic resistance because their dynamicity their uh, reaction to the vital force their rea their reaction of the immunity is still intact so they are taking antibiotic ingesting it metabolizing and throwing it out fine so especially with the kids so i hardly any see any kid where the antibiotic resistance is there antibiotic is not acting that is i totally agree because if they have viral infection and they if they were you know being given antibiotic it will not act in any way so this antibiotic resistance again itself depends on the constitution the weakened constitution are more prone for antibiotic resistance uh then one co more question by dr himanshu in your opinion which myism has increased tendency for lifestyle disorders see basically it's the psychosis it's the soropsychosis as i said earlier in the start it it start from the mind i don't want to wake up in the morning and do exercise for example a part of lifestyle or i am too much stress i want to smoke fine I don't want to eat from food from home. I am bored of home food now. I want to eat from outside. Whether it is too spicy or less spicy, I don't mind. I want to eat spice. So that that is basically an altered cravings. Because see, as a staple food, since our childhood, we all eat food. We all eat food, good home food. It and it's tasty. We all do that. But what happens? when we start eating out food from outside it's basically the tongue that gives us the pleasure okay so that pleasure is what that is basically the soropsychotic trait uh dr anvesh is saying uh, but withdrawing any kind of addiction like smoking intake of alcohol again cause withdrawal symptom yes it creates a withdrawal symptom because that is the artificial disease that has put forth in whenever you remove one stimulus the void is going to be there except for the homeopathic medicines because the homeopathic medicines are the targeted medicines which wean off automatically every substance on this earth is going to create a void when it is removed from that space so when the patient is in habit see the withdrawal symptom the actual withdrawal symptom can be there of chemical origin for maximum of 72 to 96 hours but the psychological withdrawal symptoms then can take up to 14 days 28 days or even months many of you would be agree with me that it is there if it is because of the uh, 
withdrawal symptom and it is because of the chemical imbalance in the body that the majority of the studies say that it will take around 72 to 96 hours and that will wean off. But what about this? What about the mental block that will remain there for months together? Patient want to smoke. Even after three months, they will go with the friends and smoke. So this withdrawal, mental withdrawal symptom are basically important. So from research point of view, I'll continue my talk uh, for next few minutes. For research point of view, there are a couple of research studies and if you're interested, you can request these uh, references of these study later. There are a couple of studies which show that homeopathy as a system of medicine has also been tried in this area. So it, we are not new to this. Our philosophy says for past 200 years that we are into dealing the lifestyle disorder of autism 5, 77, 78, 94. 11 we already know the worth of this lifestyle modification uh, there was a study uh, uh, in homeopathy in 2014 that they had a research question that homeopathy is not well documented in terms of the impact on the patients so they gathered a data of some 6000 people those who were taking homeopathy for the lifestyle disorders and they found that they were having a healthier lifestyle means the people who were sensitive to their lifestyle the intellectual they used to opt homeopathy more often this was a 2014 study but it showed us a way it showed us a path that yes people are sensitive to their health as well as they are sensitive towards the opting homeopathy or the complementary alternative medicine now one question is there any medicine for night blindness in homeopathy if it is vitamin deficiency related blindness there is no medicine it is only the correction and the supplementation with the vitamin A deficiency uh, this was uh, if I remember this was studied uh, this was published in 2014 issue I'll, I'll separately uh, uh, tell you the link I have the link with me so I'll message you okay and then we have, you know, further studies on diabetes and hypertension or obesity on, on many aspects. Uh, I remember one uh, study uh, that uh, one of the uh, doctor, Dr. Uh, I, Fangold, I, I remember, that was published in American Journal of Homeopathic Medicine. She, she uh, presented with the relevant rubrics uh, in her case reports on the people. They were treating, uh, treated for eating disorders means they had eating disorders and she dealt them and she presented with the appropriate rubrics now this is one important aspect that yes we were discussing treat whenever it is required it is necessary so why not to have that set of rubrics which relate to these people when they have eating disorders i want to eat 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 what is that it is the craving I want to eat sweets. What is that craving? It, it, it starts from here. It is, it is the craving from inside. It is not something that my tongues demand sweet. It is that my inherent um, uh, inherent craving or tendency is having, you know, demanding that sweet, demanding that extra salt. Now, you talk of netromure. The salt is desired in excess. So what that excess is? If I ask you to uh, eat one pinch of salt, you can. It's a food. 
if i ask you to take 1 teaspoon of salt it is a poison to you the but the patient is have that craving that he keeps on adding salt that habit that addiction that is something of a symptomatic value to us rubric value to us but on the above a psychological value to us that yes that patient is having some sort of deviation at that psychological level that he is having a bad lifestyle and because of which he, he she or he she can have anything any symptom now there are couple of studies uh, i think uh, a few people uh, want i can post the link to those studies that there are studies for obesity there are studies for hypertension there are studies for cardiac disorders there were one study in which uh, the author followed two patients of cardiac arrhythmias and treated with the crategus and um, i think it was crategus and cactus yes so there are studies that shows that the homeopathy is used in the lifestyle disorders as first we talk of focus therapeutic yes add on preventive and curative so we are now you know defining our we are we are broadening our aspect of dealing the patients now these studies are there many a time uh, there was one study on chalcedonium 3x on rats it, it was uh, published somewhere in uh, 1984 in british journal but he has dyslipidemic reduction of cholesterol with the homeopathy it is feasible because it is directly affecting the metabolism it is directly affecting the psychosomatic axis so both the things are taken care of now after this many people okay we are into clinics now we have attended doctors orals instagram live we have certain clarity about the dealing lifestyle disorders we want to undertake research how to undertake the research in our clinic because on the research name let's say many people are not pro for research undertaking they are pro for you know learning about research because this helps you to give a statement to the patient the patient comes to you doctor have you treated these many uh, have you treated patients of diabetes yes who says no doctor is there any treatment of diabetes in homeopathy now the question has gone beyond from your level to the homeopathic level i may not have treated the patients of cardiac arrhythmia but i know that there are studies that says that it can be treated in homeopathy right so you get my point so these things are an answer for your survival in the scientific community let's say a patient comes to the intellectual patient or the patients who keep on asking questions and if says is there any scientific data that can show that homeopathy works in diabetes yes i have i can present that i can quote that because now that the question is not to dr sarov that dr sarov are you, uh, you uh, do you treat diabetes yes i treat diabetes i take patients but does homeopathy has treatment for diabetes that a research only can answer so all these research studies i would advise you to keep handy with you whenever anyone ask question when whenever there is any skepticism you can answer that yes it is not that you are talking to me you are talking to a scientific piece of paper that you cannot challenge so that is also important on the other hand 
Now, why research in homeopathy? Why, why we should do research? And how we should do research? Because research is, it's, it's a basically very dry subject. It needs clearances, it needs data, it needs, you know, a development of uh, protocols, following of protocol. How, why to do that? Now, this is to safeguard homeopathy and homepads. This is to safeguard your own skin and your science. And, you know, uh, I'll be telling you some uh, research designs which you can undertake sitting in your own clinics. Now, this is basically research is what? It is to prevent, cure. It is to understand the concept of cure, to concept of prevention, concept of palliation. It should be focused on the outcomes. For example, if you have 100 patients with you, and you have pre and post reports of those hundred patients. Don't you think this is a research? You treated ten patients of thyroid, and you know that you got one TSR T3 T4 TSR done, and in the series you got T3 T4 TSR done. Right? When it is methodically presented, it is research. It means we all are doing research, but we are not into we are not in a habit of reporting that research. Fine, we all have cases, we all have uh, data, but we are not having the presentation of that data at a platform where it is respected. As a clinician, there are some common research designs which we can undertake. Let me tell you the uh, names of those, those designs. Single case report. A patient comes to you you took the reports that a single case report with you that is one research design although it has the lower value in the evidence uh, of uh, research design but still it has one data that can be reported so it's one single case report when it is collated with the other it becomes a case series day one i presented or i reported or i, I published one case of diabetes mellitus. I published one case of PCOS. After six months, I have 10 similar cases of similar diagnosis, PCOS, and I presented them. So that becomes the case series. Then become the quasi-experimental design. Now this quasi-experimental design, it is very difficult to uh, listen, but this quasi-experimental design is when you don't depute them to randomized groups. It means you have 30 patients of uh, PCOS and 30 patients on placebo and you uh, you did not randomly assign the groups but you put one in here one there so that that is quasi experimental. It is still feasible at a clinical level and at a hospital level. Add on trial. You can do that. Patient is taking the treatment for epidemia. Why not to add homeopathy and C? So all these four research design a clinician can take into his clinic and that can report data single case report case series quasi experimental and add-on trials but there are certain other trials also uh, research designs which need more complex documentation for which you can you know have a collaboration with the institutions maybe a controlled trials like the randomized controlled trials or maybe pre-test post-test design or the systematic reviews or the meta-analysis so all these are still feasible if you are connected to a hospital or an institution. But if you are sitting in your clinic, you can publish case reports, you can publish case series, you can publish quasi-experimental, you can publish add-on trials.
right so this is quite feasible from a clinician point of view but the only thing is first the understanding what we are dealing with if you don't have that understanding that knowledge of disease that knowledge of what is to be treatable in a disease what is the outcome you are you are having diabetes once i had one proposal for review it was on diabetes for 3 months okay and the outcome was hb1c now hb1c is a good cumulative outcome for diabetes mellitus but the duration is too short for this hb1c don't you think that you should see at least 3 readings of that hb1c so it should the trial should have been more than 6 months so 0 3 and 6 at least 3 readings would lower the errors in that design so outcome aap kya le rahe hain what outcome you are taking that is also important if you want to work methodical in this area you are dealing the tsh uh, the patient with the tsh uh, high tsh at least once you should get one t3 t4 done because if that is normal the tsh can be taken further but if that is not there your research design or your reporting of your work is half that is the only reason why maximum of the clinician they are not pro for reporting their works they may be having 500 studies published uh, you know lying with them but they are not reporting those studies even two studies in a journal right so that that research part will come to the uh, a separate discussion uh, maybe uh, next time uh, we can come how to design exactly in the lifestyle disorders that can be one of the topic but right now the broader understanding says that understand the situation understand the pathology understand the disease okay now coming to a discussion part what exactly the areas of homeopathy we want to tap for now this is one addition to the previous uh, uh, thing we talked about to cure to palliate to this constitutional treatment the classical treatment the specific treatment the palliative treatment or the clinical treatment because many a time people say uh, some people say only the constitutional treatment is necessary okay only the classical constitutional treatment is necessary and what is classical i don't know till date i have not been able to overcome what exactly the classical means the people who follow the alanski notes aren't they classical in their approach of following the alanski notes the people who work on the mental level aren't they classical of dealing the patient mentally on the mental symptoms so what exactly classical i don't know so what is the specific treatment the palliative treatment or the clinical treatment in lifestyle disorders like i said on the basis of focus therapeutics it can be clinical treatment but the more you broader your aspect the more you broader you broaden your area of dealing the patient the more line of treatments comes into play specific treatment the patient comes to you for the patient is suffering with cancer at the same time it is suffering with the hypothyroidism i am not going to touch that cancer part because that is being taken care of in a well manner i'll give the real time example one of the patient chronic lymphoid leukemia 
the doctor said that his life expectancy is not more than five years but let me tell you that patient is still alive with that disease since 19 years and the patient is under my treatment not for that chronic lymphoid leukemia I should say directly and honestly not for that chronic lymphoid leukemia but for his recurrent tendencies for URTI and anal pain because of some mild degree of hemorrhoids. So I am dealing that aspect. I am giving that specific treatment for that patient because I know he, if he is happy he is alive with the other mode of treatment with maintaining a lifestyle for past 19 years down the line. Why should I touch that? But with this mode of treatment I am giving more relief to that patient psychologically also, physically also and dynamically also. His immunity is improving. He used to take that immunoglobulin shots once in three months. Now for past one year he takes once in five or six months. So indirectly lifestyle is there. Indirectly introducing few of the homeopathic remedies, targeted remedies, focus therapeutics in that patient has helped the patient. That is the specific treatment. Palliative treatment when you have too many symptoms and the patient is young, go for the classical treatment. So this basically we need to broaden our area, broaden our uh, you know area of clinical management of the lifestyle disorders. So all these things do not hesitate. It's an individualized therapy. Let me remind you, there is nowhere in the organ in return the single dose. It is the minimum dose. When it is a minimum dose, why not to utilize that minimum dose concept? Why not to give a repeated medicine to the patient who needs it? Why not to adopt an individualized therapy? Now that individualized therapy, if having a scientific evidence, I know that the patient uh, blood sugar fasting is this, this, this. Don't you think this is the right mode and the targeted mode of treatment? Because it is appended with the evidences. It is appended with the logical prescription. Okay. So this is basically what I wanted to say regarding the lifestyle disorders in nutshell and since I divided that into different portions, some portion may have been skipped for example research studies that I can share later on my stories or you can just uh, drop your email IDs and I will email you. But broadly from the understanding point of view we are not that much uh, you know evolved still in lifestyle disorder we need to do more we need to evolve we need to broaden our sphere of clinical management of the lifestyle disorders now i'm open to questions and discussion whosoever wants to request to be in the uh, live video they can request that You can share your uh, stories. You can share your experiences in this area, and I would I would love to hear that. Uh, Isha Sina wants to be uh, Isha Sina. She want to be um, in the live video feed.
you can also uh, just you can also post your comments if you like this video and if you would like to continue this talk a like because in the end i am open to having uh, you people uh, being sharing same video because this is what we need to we need to discuss more so that we have more clarity as a homepage and clinicians okay what about chronic allergies doctor um uh, see allergies basically one broader uh, aspect i think uh, if in nutshell if i talk of allergies is basically the reaction of a body to certain allergens right it's very common that uh, some people are allergic to nuts tomato antibiotics this and that but one aspect that what is the outcome or what is the long term management of this allergy tells you about the prognosis and the treatment for example in majority of the allergies i have seen that the conventional medicine has a limited role to play no doubt it has a quick role to play but until unless we rectify the mechanism that is creating the state of that allergy so that is what a homeopath does to rectify that code to rectify that reaction to rectify that mechanism that is creating allergy so that that needs to be taken you can uh, you know for allergies people can take anti allergic there is no problem there is no harm but ultimately if we are not going to go to the cause to the root cause and rectify it it is going to pop in again and okay thank you so much i would i would be uh, happy to share my experiences yes practical aspect i totally agree that this was just a first instagram live maybe next time we can have more practical aspects of the uh, other diseases uh one of the question patient who says after typhoid since 7 years i am ill and stiff suffer different problem yes see that can be one uh, thing causation we read in homeopathy <clears throat> have never been well since so utilize this title utilize this line search in your mathematicas have never been well since so if your indicated remedy is having this line you can tackle of that disease very easily how to manage that mental withdrawal symptom then sir our uh, dr mesha uh, there was one study on acute alcohol withdrawal and uh, fortunately i was part of that study if uh, you people agree we can have one detailed discussion on that aspect that was on acute alcohol withdrawal see like i said the majority majority of the withdrawal symptoms if they have chemical interaction they last for 72 to 96 hours depending on the uh, substance you are dealing with if we can take care that duration if we can take care of that duration and if we can take care of the psychological uh, well-being of the patient the withdrawal symptoms should not be a problem in majority of the diseases in majority of the diseases uh statistic uh, just a second um 
okay how can typhoid change a person's miasmatic inclination uh, sometime we study even encountered some see usually it does not create any problem if it is a recurrent like i told you uh, many times in the classes when it is a recurrent phenomena secondly its its outcome was not eventful and it created a problem if it came it went there is no problem but if it came stayed there and had some problem that it created one stigma that stigma you need to take as a whole that you need to take as a whole for example someone had typhoid and there is no problem people have typhoid majority of the population have typhoid one or the other point in time but if that created a stigma if that created a state of alteration to wo jo symptoms hain that those symptoms you need to take care that only it becomes yes uh, thank you uh, i would try to do more interactive session because i'm just new to this uh, insta live uh, for the first time so maybe next time we can have more interactive session with the more questions and answers so with this i thank you all if you have any question just uh, don't forget to put in the comment box i would uh, love to answer and uh, next time please do indicate your preferred topic also because i i like that thing yeah uh, yes i would be uh, discussing about the withdrawal symptom and its management somewhere later maybe a separate discussion informal discussion on the acute alcohol withdrawal and how homeopathy help in those cases yes point noted thank you dr bharti for your support i think i have taken all the questions uh, yes if you have any question you can put it later also thank you uh yes i i hope this insta live would be saved as reels uh, i hope so yes thank you